Welcome to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. The new year has begun, and that means the members of the Arizona legislature begin their annual session on Monday. This week, we get a preview from leading lawmakers. Last year's legislative session took place under the cloud of election complaints. This year, those issues are still around and coupled with 2022 being an election year. We begin our preview of the session with a conversation with the top two Republicans in the legislature, Senate President Karen Fan and House Speaker Rusty Bowers, who laid out their top priorities. All of us who've been here for several generations in Arizona know that water is the issue. That's right. We are trying to create some type of an instrument that will allow us to gain more outside water uh, rather than everybody keep picking at each other inside Arizona. And we still know that we need to conserve as good as we can as in, in an educated and thoughtful way. You'll see more use of wastewater uh, in the future. It's just a must, but it's incumbent on all of Arizona to be water wise. That's right. Do you know of any other issues that the House is going to be bringing up, Mr. Speaker? I know the budget is, is you know, our ours and yours are talking right now. There's been... I'm looking at the election integrity things that we did before. There's mental health issues. There's transportation issues. The challenge of workforce development and health care and all through our workforce. Exactly. And then over on the Senate side, obviously, Speaker Bowers already did. One of our top number one priorities are the water issues. It's a hot item. Uh, we put the drought contingency plan in less than a couple of years ago, and already we have reached those marks of where we we have to take the next steps in conservation and a little more uh, smart water. So if we can find ways to uh, better manage water, you know, we want to make sure we support our agricultural industry. We want them to thrive. We actually need them to grow. Um, public safety, uh, we are short so many public safety officers, and that is going to be a big concern that we need to boost up. Homelessness, we're seeing, obviously, homelessness is a is an ever-increasing issue in Arizona, just as it is in other states. We would like to seriously, with some of the money we have, um, kind of start to nip that in the bud and find a way, rather than just throwing money at it, um, let's, let's figure out a way to solve a problem here. You know, putting them up in a Motel 6 for six months and spending the money and then they're back on the street isn't helping anybody and certainly not them or the taxpayers. So we need to start coming up with some really, really good programs, maybe triaging them. And, you know, if you're homeless because you have a drug problem, what can we do to help you get off of those drugs or get you back? If you are homeless because you have a mental health issue, let's address that part portion with them. And for those that are homeless because maybe they've just lost their homes because of COVID or whatever, let's help them give them a helping hand and get them back on tap target. So those are just kind of the highlights of some of the things we're looking at. Let's talk about the budget a little bit. That is the big must-pass bill. We have a surplus, as we have had in some recent years. But budgeting, it seems like it'll look a little different this year, thanks to a state Supreme Court ruling that certain type of language and legislation, if you will, can't go in it. What uh, those of us who watch the legislature and you all refer to as burbs, 
how will a surplus and the, the loss of those burbs change the budgeting process, do you think? If there's any thought of having a bill in the burb, the budget reconciliation bill, it better have some nexus to, to money at least. And, and where there wasn't such a nexus and we, we gave fair warning, we knew that we would be in court and there was a high chance that we would lose it and we did. And hopefully we learned from the lesson. If you can't sell your bill, period, then maybe do a lot more homework on your bill and open communication with people and uh, dialogue might be better than uh, demagoguery. There's only one, one bill and that's the budget. After that, it's all sprinkles. And we did have some tax reform last time that is very important to us. Uh, we, we're hoping that the Supreme Court will take its, its decision here quickly and judiciously. We're looking for their outcome and, and uh, how that decision will affect us. And, uh, and so as that comes out, there will be uh, vehicles to address uh, any changes in the, in the monetary policy and the tax policy then. Exactly. The good news here is Arizona is doing great. Our economy is doing quite well, despite having going through uh, the horrible COVID uh, challenges we've had the last couple of years. And we've also put a lot of money into K through 12 education these last few years. And we want to continue to keep supporting that. And in particular, one of the things we're seeing is this COVID really has done a number on our little kids, right? They have many experts are saying that our kids have lost an entire year's worth of education. And I think we need to put some more money into that to uh, perhaps more tutors uh, to help bring our kids back up to speed so that they're not going to lose that year and be held back. That's really, really important. When it comes to education funding, I know I'm hearing from our local school districts down here in southern Arizona uh, some issues about the expenditure limit that's in the state constitution. Is that something that needs to be raised? And are there the votes, if so, to raise it? Christopher, we, um, you know, we don't know exactly what the answer is to that. We realize it's an issue. Um, you know, we've had parents, we've had superintendents that have all reached out and said, what do we need to do? So it's a very complex uh, issue right at this very minute because we're waiting for the courts to rule on a couple of issues so that um, we can ascertain what's the best decisions moving forward from here. So I'd like to go back to the, the burb issue, if I can, is, you know, the burb issue was a two-edged sword and they have gotten out of hand. We will admit that totally. But burbs actually came down probably a couple of decades ago when there were a lot of lawsuits because things were in the budget, but people didn't really understand what those line items were supposed to apply to or not. Um, now, it has gotten out of hand. And this last year was probably one of the worst situation. The good side of the sword when you have burbs is sometimes late in session some issue comes up all of a sudden and it's too late to introduce a new bill or anything. And we've been able to fix that very quickly by doing a budget verb. And it could have been something that dealt with education or anything. And we were able to slip something in. So if that is gonna be taken away as one of our tools in the toolboxes, that could create some problems for us in fixing last minute problems. The other edge of the sword is the side we're talking about that's gotten out of hand. We had so many members saying, I'm not on the budget unless I get X. So in trying to get a budget of any kind done, we had to start putting budget verbs in there to address some of the members asked that 
They did not drop a formal bill. They didn't think they needed to. Um, and so it's become a problem. But the good side is, is now they all understand that that's crossing the line and that they're going to have to step up. If they want something, they better drop a bill like everybody else does. And we'll figure out how we can get everybody's priorities through. Let me talk about something, uh, Speaker Bowers, you brought up, and it was it was a big part of the last session, and that was election integrity. We will be in an election year when the session begins, and a big election year for Arizona, Governor, U.S. Senate, uh, and a lot of executive positions, of course, the House and Senate also, uh, State House and Senate. Are there priority election integrity bills or... Are these just going to be individual members' ideas that may or may not make it through the system? Some of the things that we are talking about, Christopher, is that we do want some priority bills, and those priority bills should be ones that are honestly bipartisan. They are the simple, easy ones that everybody should agree on about, you know, let's agree on the type of ballot paper we should be using. We should have better rules and regulations about how we do secure our ballots, um, the chain of custody, all of those great things that truly should be a bipartisan effort. And we're hoping that we can have a set of bills that House, Senate, and Democrats, Republicans alike can say these are good common sense ones. And to that point, let me bring up, I just got a rather lengthy letter from our Secretary of State, Secretary Hobbs, and with her suggestions about things she would like to see in election integrity. And uh, the first number one thing on here I was thrilled to see is she actually agrees with me and Speaker Bowers is that number one, strengthening election security and accuracy, improve post-election audits. I can tell you it is great that while some people did not like uh, the audit, what it has done is raised a huge awareness about the lack of security we have, that we can do a better job. And that's what the voters expect. It doesn't matter whether you are Republican, Democrat, or anywhere in between. You mentioned the audit. And there are members of the legislature, Republican members, who are now calling for an audit of Pima County's 2020 results. Is that something either of you are interested in, or are we to 2022 learn and move on? This this audit was never about Trump. It was never about uh, anything more than election integrity. So if our voters have concerns, and so this is what's going on in Pima County. There are a lot of people in Pima County that said, look, we worked the polls, we went to the polls, we saw things that looked like it was concerning, um, and we'd like to have an audit done. So we haven't even com completed the Maricopa audit. We know that it took much longer and was much more expensive and Attorney General Brnovich right now is looking at all of the things that we turned over. Uh, we have asked everybody in Pima County. In fact, I believe there was a, a couple of uh, legislators that held an informal hearing down there and told people in Pima County, doesn't matter, right, left, in between, bring your issues to us, bring your concerns, and we will turn all that over to uh, the AG's office to look into those as well while he's uh, doing the investigation on Maricopa County. That was Senate President Karen Fan and House Speaker Rusty Bowers. This week, we're getting a preview of Arizona's 2022 legislative session. 
We heard from the top Republicans in the legislature, so now we turn to the top Democrats. Senate Minority Leader Rebecca Rios and House Minority Leader Reginald Boulding. We began our conversation discussing the expenditure limit for public schools. I think first and foremost, the most critical issue that we're looking at is right now there is an expenditure limit on what schools can spend. We need to address that in the legislature, quite honestly, immediately, because if we don't, the result is public schools across Arizona are going to have to cut a billion dollars out of their budgets of money that we have already appropriated to them. And again, you know, this is going to impact a million plus public school students. This is an arbitrary and outdated expenditure limit that was implemented in the 80s. We routinely will pass legislation so that schools can um, override that expenditure limit. But we are hearing Republicans maybe playing games with that and holding it hostage to ensure other things happen first remains to be seen. Water is another very critical issue. As you know, many folks realize we are now in what are called tier one cuts, which basically means agriculture is going to take a hit and not going to have the same amount of water for their crops. We are anticipating hitting what is called a tier two cut next January, and that's when it impacts municipalities. The legislature needs to appropriate a massive amount of money so that we can buy and bank water. With that, I'm going to go ahead and let Leader Bolding jump in as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think just the the reality and just I can't um, emphasize enough what, you know, Leader Rio said about the aggregate expenditure limit. Again, a little over a billion dollars have to be cut. That e- that's the equivalent of about 15% from each school district. That means teachers could potentially lose their jobs, higher class sizes. This is something that everyday parents, students, and communities will absolutely face. Um, but we also know there's other significant issues. Um, so we expect that uh, there's going to be some uh, uh, election restriction legislation um, that's going to come. That's going to make it harder for voters to actually uh, cast their ballots at the polls. We're even hearing that some lawmakers are looking to take away mail-in voting, and that would be a travesty. And of course, one other significant issue is the the fight on you know reproductive justice. And I think it's important to add that we have archaic laws on the book in Arizona that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, we're still criminalizing abortion. And we still have laws on the books that would essentially send providers of abortion to prison. So this is a very real issue that that we need to ensure people are aware of. Let's start with the school board issue and the, the overrides of the expenditure limit. Are there the votes in the legislature to raise that limit, do you think? Or is this going to be a big fight? Because we're already hearing from local school boards that they need this. I mean, look, the the reality is, is Democratic uh, leadership in both the House and Senate and also our caucus, we're going to be there to stand up and fight for our, for our schools. And, you know, uh, over the, the summer, we heard that, you know, the Republican leadership also... Uh, was going to stand up and raise the limit. But as of lately, what we've seen is a, a, a radical right 
um, uh, sect of the Republican Party has now hijacked education. And now they're saying they may not pass this limit without getting things like universal school vouchers or uh, some other very extreme policy that Arizona voters said they don't want. And that's not that, that's not how you actually uh, solve uh, issues for our kids, because we have to get a two thirds majority vote in order for this thing to be raised, which means you have to have Republicans and Democrats come together to pass this. When it comes to, as you just pointed out, you need Republicans and Democrats to pass a lot of things. Those numbers are close, but in years past, Democrats have said they felt left out of the process. Is there any hope that in this session you all will at least feel more included on these issues, be it the school override, be it abortion, things like that? I think, unfortunately, the fact of the matter is, even though the margins are nearly equal, which is representative of the state of Arizona, Republicans have been and continue to be pretty much hell-bent on a budget that only includes Republican votes. I have no reason to believe that is going to change. And by and large, a lot of issues that are as detrimental as these, right, with abortion and, and the expenditure limit, et cetera, if they can pass things with only Republican votes, they're going to. And the only thing, because we're certainly not going to assist them in a lot of the negative legislation. And the only thing that I believe is going to have an impact on these folks is to hear directly from their constituents, right? Parents that are concerned that now the, the bus um, you know, route is going to be shortened because the expenditure limit hasn't been increased. It's not until there's that extreme public outcry that I think many of those Republican legislators will sit back on their heels and go, okay, maybe we shouldn't do this. This is an election year. At the end of the day, you know, we really rely on educating folks and having them reach out to those Republican legislators so that they know how people in Arizona truly want government to work. You mentioned the state budget. We have a budget surplus, as the state has had for many years, but we're also dealing with a new court ruling that says legislation cannot be added to the budget uh, for bills that have not been through the system. What uh, those of us who, who watch the legislature refer to and you all refer to as burbs. So what does the budget process look like this year and what do you think should happen with that surplus? Well, you know, the reality is the budget should be a process that includes all lawmakers who actually have the ability to advocate for resources for their district to make a better Arizona. So at its baseline, we should all be talking to each other. That's why we have, you know, appropriations committees. That's why we can introduce legislation. Uh, in years past, uh, Republicans have chosen to say, we will not pass a budget unless we get every single Republican member to agree on that budget. And by doing that, they have actually made, you know, budget decisions that have cost taxpayer money and actually led to lawsuits that you as you alluded to. Now, so this year, I, I think that the court has made it crystal clear that that's unconstitutional. So I don't expect to see that this year. But what I do expect is to see a front loading of very extreme policies in order to secure these members votes for the budget in the future. You know, we have about $1.7 billion in one-time spending available and, and $700 million in uh, ongoing spending. 
you know, for, for Democrats, you know, what, what we truly believe, what we have to do is invest in the infrastructure and social safety nets for our community. So like addressing the, the housing crisis right now, which is skyrocketing and out of control, you know, there's ways for us to spend on infrastructure. We have to think about how we're going to, you know, uh, create a, an economy that's going to protect our kids and allow our kids to get the resources they need. So we'll be unveiling ex exactly what we need to do with, the, with those resources. But we know that there's so many gaps right now that we have to fill these holes. We have $1.7 billion that we can spend this year. The concern that Democrats have is that Republicans, once again, are going to turn to, oh, we should give another tax cut um, at a time when, again, Arizona schools, bottom of the list in terms of funding. We have you know, a COVID epidemic crisis in our hospitals. We have a lot of needs in the state. The elephant in the room, I guess, is the fact that this is the third legislative session where we've been dealing with COVID. Is there anything the legislature needs to do, priority legislation, to address COVID-19 as it continues to spread through the state? You know, this is actually an area that we just as a state have not seen the leadership that you would expect, especially from, you know, the executive. I mean, our, our governor has the, the bully pulpit of really digging deep with regards to making sure that we're we are at a place where we're addressing the COVID crisis. Uh, instead, we've seen, you know, posturing and even legislation that would take away money from schools if they chose to put in safety um, uh, precautions. And we've seen things that would encourage businesses to not have, you know, mask mandates and things of that nature. So, you know, first of all, we have to get serious about the issue because this is a crisis. And Leader Bowling is absolutely right. And I think that we have seen a governor that has all but abandoned this issue and Arizonans. Um, again, Arizona is near the top of the list in terms of COVID deaths, right? We have rural hospitals that are woefully understaffed. And, and so this, again, unfortunately, I believe we are literally at the same place that we were last year at this time, despite having vaccinations. We are in a crisis mode and hospitals are in crisis mode. That was the Arizona Legislative Senate and House Minority Leaders Rebecca Rios and Reginald Bolding talking about this year's legislative session. Joining us now to break down what the legislative leaders said is AZPM's Andrew Oxford. Welcome to the show. Andrew, we heard from both Republican and Democratic leaders about an issue that will be at the top of lawmakers' agendas when they get to the Capitol, and that's the limit on school spending. As Senate President Karen Fan said, though, it's complicated. What's the limit and how does it work? This goes back to 1980 when Arizona voters approved a series of amendments to the state constitution to limit spending by local governments. That includes cities, counties, and school districts. This was sold as preventing runaway property taxes. California had passed something similar. Now, as a result, spending by public school districts is capped statewide based on school enrollment and other factors. So while the state schools usually stay under this limit, they risk running into it when there are changes in enrollment. That's what we've seen these last few years. We've seen enrollment upended by the pandemic and a decline in the number of students going to schools, uh, public schools last year means a lower expenditure limit this year. 
There's also an accounting issue. In 2000, voters created a six-tenth of a cent sales tax for education under Proposition 301. To avoid the kind of problem we're talking about today with hitting the expenditure limit, voters turned around in 2002 and approved Proposition 104, which exempted the money raised by that tax from counting toward the expenditure limit. Otherwise, schools would have been getting that tax, but wouldn't have been able to spend it because it would have gone over the cap. So the money raised under that tax was gravy until the tax was extended in 2018. The money was no longer exempt. So that's about $600 million that schools are getting and have been getting for years that now has to count towards the limit. So what happens if school districts go over the limit? Schools will have to cut their budgets and they'll have to do it fast by more than about a billion dollars statewide. And policy experts have warned that cutting that kind of money could mean laying off staff and teachers, that that's really the only place they could find this biggest savings in their budgets. So where does the legislature fit into all of this? Is there anything they can do? They could raise the limit on a one-off basis. If they act by March, this wouldn't be a problem anymore. But it would take a supermajority of both chambers, two-thirds of the Senate, two-thirds of the House. And, and that would mean several Republicans would have to get together with Democrats to agree on this. And if that's not hard enough as it is, there's another wrinkle. In 2020, voters passed Proposition 208. It imposed a surcharge on the income taxes of higher income earners, and it gives that money to public schools. Now, there's still litigation over this measure winding through the courts, and Republican lawmakers who oppose the proposition to begin with may be hesitant to quickly raise the limit if that could be a help to the proposition's supporters in court. It's sort of a three-dimensional chess, but there are hopes that courts could act on Proposition 208 this month and clear the way for the legislature to act in February. Either way, we can probably expect to hear a lot more about this in the coming months. That was AZPM's Andrew Oxford. To keep up with all of the legislative news, tune into our new podcast, Gavel to Gavel, which debuts on Tuesday. And that's the buzz for this week. You can find all of our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show and the Gavel to Gavel podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona or Gavel to Gavel. Both are also on the NPR One app. Emma Gibson produced this week's show with help from Andrew Oxford. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer. Our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.